Hi, I'm Lee. And I'm Lauren. And you're listening to Saturation Italicized on Weagle 91.1 FM. Tune in live at 9 p.m. on Tuesdays for your weekly dose of art and design. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. I'm sorry, podcast listeners. I'm sorry, radio listeners. You have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> that was, I just, my eyes glazed that. And I was like, that, I did not mean to do that. Um, Yeah, sorry. Back to, back to fonts. 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 Um, yeah. There are still people who use letter presses. In fact, on um, Type High Day in my printmaking class, we got to look at a, mm, what was it? Van, Van Guard? Van Luke? No, that's not right. I have no idea. Uh, during the break, I'll look up the actual name of this press because it's, like, evading me right now. But um, we got to see a print press being used where they the presses haven't been made or issued for, like, 100 years or something. And Auburn happens to have one. But of the, like, however many thousands and thousands of prints presses were made, there are only 200 operable ones left in existence. Wow, that's crazy. And Auburn has one. That which is, is crazy. Cool. Um, but... Yeah, so fonts are more accessible now. You can go on Google Docs, you can go on your phone. It's not hard to find different fonts to use. But not quite as accessible as you would think. Yeah. <laughs> um, when you're a designer, there's a big kind of gap between the font you want to use and your wallet <laughs> and spending $20 on something that you only see kind of like digitally. So it's a weird... Uh, it's a weird kind of conundrum, I guess. Um, yeah, it is a weird conundrum. But I talk, I'm going to talk about that a little bit more in a second because that is not at all me saying that we should not have to pay for fonts. But I will talk about that a little bit more in a bit. Um, in fact, certain fonts such as Gotham and the font Obama, or such as Gotham, which is the font Obama used on his campaign trail, can actually sell for over $1,000 for 66 different weights of this font. Which is just crazy. It's Franklin Gothic. What? It's, is that, isn't that what you're saying? Um, when oh, I Gotham. looked it up, yeah, 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 it was, it was just Gotham. Oh, I was picturing Franklin Gothic. Cause I'm like, that is just a sans serif. No, Why literally. is it a thousand Okay, but Could not. Could still. not tell you. Um, I didn't even realize fonts could drop for that much. I knew there's certain font packs that are like $500 and stuff like that, but those yeah. are like font packs. No, I, for my senior project, I was looking at like crazy, t- not crazy, but like not Adobe fonts mm-hmm. for my logo type. And I was looking at fonts that were like 300 for one, Ooh. for one weight. One family. Wow. One weight. Not Whoa. even a family. That's which is so it would be like three hundred dollars for the italicized, an additional three hundred version for the mm. bold, another three hundred for the bold ital. I was like, mm. where do I? <laughs> where are you gonna find? That I was money? just like, okay, close tab. Okay, OpenDefont.com. Like, yeah, <laughs> I was like, I can't, I can't get this. Um, yeah, fonts, fonts are expensive, which is something I didn't know before. Yes, this major. Literally, every font before that point, I had just you know gotten on google docs right or defont <laughs> exactly or defont obviously we should pay type designers fair wages for yes. their work this is you know um this is art fonts being created are not just like it's not cut and dry you have to figure out how these um letter forms are going to interact with each other in any case like 
you're going to have to find a way for the P and the L to interact together and the P and the A and the P and the I, so on and so forth. Um, font designing can take months upon months and months. So I wanted to make that super, super clear. Like you, there's nothing wrong with paying for fonts and font designers deserve to be paid for their work. But that doesn't mean that free resources shouldn't be available for everyone. Hence, open source fonts, aka <laughs> a love letter to des- to the design community as Wired website calls it. The League of Movable, well, sh- actually, I'm going to take a break there really quick okay. and leave on a little cliffhanger. Oh, leave and our viewers, or <laughs> not viewers, listeners guessing. Listeners, guess what open, open source font is. But until then, we're going to go to Heaven Knows I'm Miserable Now by the Smiths. Don't go anywhere. And we're back. Sorry for the... Uh, out of nowhere ad break um, or PSA break, but let's jump right back into it. So open source fonts, what are they? Well, you're about to find out. (laughs) 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 The, okay, the League of Movable Type gives away all its fonts for free. What's more, it makes them open source. So other people can modify the fonts and make their own versions of them. Beautiful. Right? And people have been doing that. Railway, a font designed by Mac McErnie and released in 2010, was expanded from a single weight into a family with nine weights, from thin to bold to black, each with matching italics. In 2012, by Pablo Impolari, Rodrigo Fun. Zelita and Igino Marini. It is the font is 2012, by the way. It's now one of the most popular font families on Google Fonts, a collection of free fonts hosted by the search giant. Over the past decade, companies ranging from startups like the IT tool company Datto to giants like Intel and IBM have commissioned professional type makers to create fonts that the companies have open sourced. Even Adobe, which sells licenses for some of its fonts families for hundreds of dollars, has released a super family of open source fonts. Okay, we know why designers love open source fonts, but why would typeface designers feel the need to release their work for free? Well, there's a few reasons. For companies, the reasons to open source a font that they've commissioned often mirror the motivations for releasing open source software. For example, programming tool maker JetBrains released a new font called JetBrains Mono designed for reading and writing code. The company open sourced the font so that the programmers could easily provide feedback and improvements through Microsoft's code hosting and collaboration platform GitHub. Much of a company might release open source software in hopes that others will help improve it. Even if designers don't contribute improvements to a font directly, companies can benefit from making their work open source. For example, Adobe Type Senior Manager Dan Rahadigen says releasing its source super family of fonts as open source has enabled the company to test new typography topics technologies like variable fonts, which make it easy for a designer to adjust the weight of a typeface before rolling those technologies into other products, which clearly benefit type designers. And I love that. I love the idea of being able to modify a weight in a family that you use instead of creating an outline and modifying it one by one. Literally. I think that's so cool. So the League of Movable Types manifesto says... We're not asking type designers and type foundries to sacrifice profit. 
we're asking them to consider the benefits to create a community where not we not only have high design standard for print and web alike, but also a community where we're able to share our creations, knowledge, and expertise with our peers in the world. Today, the League of Movable Type has 17 stable font families. Other open source type boundaries so named in the days when companies sold typefaces cast in metal have followed, including Colettivo and Velveteen. But most important collections of open source fonts is probably Google Fonts, which was launched as a Google font directory in 2010. It's grown to a collection of 987 font families that designers can use for free on any website. The takeaway? Type designers should be paid for their work. But it is truly beautiful to see the design community come together and create new methods for designers to receive high-quality fonts in a mutually beneficial system that allows type designers and companies to receive feedback for their work as well as give designers resources for free typefaces. So that's open source fonts. What do you think? We love that. I didn't know. I really found the part interesting about, um, like, the mono typeface that they send out mm-hmm. and like let people use and then get feedback on yeah. and that's like so nice like getting mm-hmm. the people that are going to be using it most to give you feedback especially because so nice i believe that font was made for programming which i've heard is essentially its own language so yeah i feel like do you remember a couple of a while back now um months ago when we talked about the um company that was making sure a lot of the Native American languages. Yes. I think had about fonts. that like frequently. It's like <laughs> same concept. You know? Yeah, no, that is interesting. Like language lives through fonts. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Julianne, I don't think Javo is listening to the podcast <laughs> right now. It's their birthday. But Happy they, birthday, Javo. They have shown us a lot of like Vietnamese typefaces mm-hmm. that are like you know, you can like expand the culture through mm-hmm. the typeface. And it's, like, you know, as English speakers, I don't think we, like, think about that yeah. too much. But if we yeah. had an old, like, um, like an old culture language, it would be, like, crazy to see that die out because there's no way yeah. to speak it. That would be crazy. Online. And, like, open source, have, I think open source fonts can really benefit from that. Or, or like, that can benefit from open source fonts, if that makes sense. Have you ever, this is, like, kind of a tangent off that, but have you tried the generative fill on Photoshop yet? No. Because, do you know what I'm talking about, the Photoshop beta? Okay, so when that first came out, like, over the summer, I was playing around with it, Mm -hmm. and it only did English at the beginning. Like really? Photoshop beta, generative fill, when you typed in what you wanted, it was only English. And now, like, since I've, like, updated the app, mm-hmm. like, a month or two later, it's saying that there's hundreds of languages. Oh. But, like, imagine, like, wanting to use that at the beginning, yeah. not knowing English. You can't even use it. And, I mean, it's um, it's great that Adobe added more languages yeah, to it. Yeah, I was, it. like, y'all got it. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. I'm sure that was, like, the next step for them is to add more languages, but still. But there's a lot of, like, place. there's a lot of, like, sites and web places how do you say that i don't know web places that (laughs) you don't get the option right to use like perhaps your native language so i don't know i think the the way letterpress and you know fonts and then language intertwine is like kind of beautiful and it's almost like mathematic like all of these 
thing like these languages exist without a font to like represent them but they still exist without that font kind of it's like kind of how math is like you know math exists yeah yeah yeah, it exists even if you don't see it kind of thing I don't know you know maybe that's just like too far-fetched to you know say but I, I think it's beautiful especially to create a community where um people who might not have the money to use the fonts yeah, they agree. want have options that's what I really love about BM Nix which is like an he's an Instagram not an Instagram type designer but a type designer I follow on Instagram and every Monday he comes out with a typeface that's free and mm-hmm. you can download it I didn't even realize it was every Monday I thought it was every other so, week I think it's every Monday because I keep getting the I emails keep downloading them, yeah and I'm like ooh. Another BN Nix or BM Nix. Beautiful. Yeah. But it's nice because it's like I don't have $900 mm-hmm. to spend on. Mm-hmm. I don't know who has that money, but I certainly don't. <laughs> so I'm thankful that even though a lot of his typefaces are way more normally priced, mm-hmm. it's like 10 or 30 or $50. But yeah. even then, it's like nice that he's got these little specials. Mm-hmm. Like you still get to um, use his work legally. 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 And he's created an outlet for that. Yeah. I don't know. Design is designs a community and seeing the Design community help each other is very cool. Very, very cool. nice. Um, well, would you like to move us to our next topic, Lauren? Is it time for a PSA break? It is. is I was going to see if you wanted to start one, if you had a good breaking point. But if you don't have a good breaking point, we can go ahead and move to an ad break. PSA break. I think we should just move into it. Because honestly, we're talking more about type. So your segment and my segment just perfectly went together. I love that. It's perfect for type high day. Yeah, literally. (laughs) (laughs) Well, next up, we have Zero by the Smashing Pumpkins, one of my favorite songs right now. And after that, we get to hear Lauren tell us about types. Don't go anywhere. And we are back. We're back. Get us started, Lauren. Okay, so as we know, I love type, right? <laughs> so I was I was trying to find some. I was really struggling on what to talk about the pod on the pod tonight. But I saw this article. It was written in 2011, so maybe this is already stuff that we know. But I thought it was interesting. So if you click on my little hyperlink, it'll take you to the article I was looking at. But it started off with this trick question. Is it easier to remember a new fact if it appears in normal type or if it's in bold letters? Hmm. And the answer is neither. Because while people assume that the font size has an effect on memory, it doesn't. But the font like style, like the font choice does. So it was saying that people retain significantly more material whether it be science history language whatever they if they study it in a font that's unfamiliar to them and feels hard to read they retain more which I think is so interesting so obviously we know that people's instincts on how much they learn can be very off because like sometimes we think a concept is very clear and then we try to think of it later and it's not it's very fuzzy so People assume that when they study something, like, they're like, oh, well, maybe I already know this material. I don't need to study it anymore. But, like, that's not actually true. So, like, (laughs) that practice won't really make a difference. So it's saying that, like, overconfidence develops as a result of the brain's natural tendency to find shortcuts. And then we quickly forget that it's using them. Anyway, 
So a psychologist at the University of California, Los Angeles, says that so much of the learning that we do now is unsupervised on our own, so it's crucial to be able to monitor that we're learning accurately. So I thought that was interesting because it really is like you're kind of on your own. So the cognitive quality known as fluency kind of measures how easily an information is to process. So like the brain automatically associates the ease of storage with the ease of recall which is like a good rule of thumb if you're like talking about directions or like if you just learn someone's name or like a recipe or sports statistics jokes whatever but Wait, it's n- sorry what, what does say? that mean so like okay ease of storage would be like how easily you can remember it and then ease of recall would be like how easily you can recall it okay she said, okay. I, I'm not sure I understand, but I'm sure I will as you continue talking. I don't, to be honest, I don't know that I quite understand it. <laughs> but we're going to get to the type part. So a 2011 study, they gave, like, these participants a bunch of, like, words printed in fonts of various sizes and then judged how likely they were for those people to remember those words on a later test. So, like, the people taking the test were, like, and I guess the people running the test were confident that the participants would remember the bigger print, but they found from the study that the size difference made no difference at all. So another study done by psychologists at Princeton and Indiana University had 28 men and women read three species, <laughs> read about three species of aliens. And each alien had, like, a bunch of characteristics that they had to remember. And so half of the participants read the text in 16-point aerial font, which would be, like, extremely easy to read. The other half used 12-point comic (laughs) sans, which is criminal, or 12-point bedoni, which is also just terrible in terms of, like, readability. Bedoni is, like, one of those serif fonts where, like, there's just a lot of contrast w- between the letter forms. If you make it too small, it's very hard to read. Um, and the study said that both Comic Sans and Bodoni were unfamiliar to the participants and harder for the brain to process. So after the people read about the aliens, they took they had a break, then they took an exam, and it said those who had studied the harder-to-read fonts outperformed the others on the test 86% to 73% on mm. average. So then they, like, tested that on students, about 200 and, well, it says 222 students <laughs> in Ohio. Um, and they just made them, like, take these tests. One group, like, had all the supplementary study materials in an unusual font. And then the others had studied, like, before. And it just, again, says that, like, the students that were squinting at the weird typefaces did significantly better than others in all the classes, particularly particularly in physics, which I thought was really weird. Um, But the co-author of this study, who's a psychologist at Princeton, said that the reason that the unusual fonts are effective is because it makes us think more deeply about the material. Mm Mm-hmm. So I just thought that was just interesting because I've never, like, thought about it affecting our ability to retain something. Yeah, I feel like specifically with physics, like, when you clarified and said, like, particularly physics, they outperformed, like, something, like, clicked as, like, that makes sense. Like, if you are struggling to figure out what the word says, I feel like, I mean, I have never taken physics, but (laughs) (laughs) from what I understand – 
that's a class where you have to like think very very deeply about like why these things make sense like yeah. why the laws apply so it parallels like thinking really yeah, deeply about that's fair. the words if you're themselves. like thinking strategically yeah yeah so weird I don't think I would have done better in physics if <laughs> I had, like, a harder font to read. I think it would have been zero to zero would have yeah, been my score. No, literally. <laughs> there would have been no difference. I would have failed both parts. But, yeah, it was just interesting. And it makes me think about that segment we did about um, Times New Roman, mm-hmm. about how just everybody uses that. But what if they, like, changed to Bedoni or something and made everybody Everyone's just smarter. struggle? Yeah. <laughs> would we all, like collectively become smarter i don't know it's just interesting what's kind of interesting about that is when in design we always talk about readability readability readability. yes i was thinking about that too and it's almost like when you make it easier to read you're also inadvertently not trusting the reader to do the work to read so true so yeah that that parallels too yeah. to this idea. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, so I because I also had that thought about readability. I'm like, all our professors ever tell us is mm-hmm. to make sure the type is readable. But this article mm-hmm. from 12 years ago is telling me <laughs> that people retain it better if it's not. That's super so it's just interesting. Yeah, interesting to think about. It's all about we well we talk about this in art too, like fine art is how much do you trust the viewer to understand what are you what you are saying? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we but, just sorry. But in art, I feel like the viewer's interpretation adds to the like value mm-hmm. of the work. But mm-hmm. I don't know if I feel that in design. Like I, in terms of like typefaces. I think generally in design, like this is terrible, but we kind of assume the average person is dumb. Yeah. And that's kind of what you have to do because when you're yeah. making a poster and you want the poster to say this is this place is having a sale like you are going to put every little bit of information about that place on that poster. You are not going to trust that someone's going to google the yes. name of the literally you have to yeah. have all the necessary info mm-hmm. on there. You don't mm-hmm. want them to have to work for anything. Yeah. So yeah. should we make them work for a little bit? Would that improve people's brains? <sighs> See, but then I think it's, like, well, is the poster, like, for advertising? Because in mm-hmm. that case, I would say no. Because mm-hmm. you want the, like, the customer to have the ease mm-hmm. of, like, buying the ticket to the event or whatever. But if it was just, like, a poster just to be a poster, then, like, yes, they should. I don't know. I have to pull up Billie Eilish's Instagram. Oh? Because... Gosh, I hope it wasn't a story. And I hope it was Billie Eilish. I feel like it also might have been Drake. Um, A couple of days ago, okay, maybe it wasn't Billie Eilish. A couple of days ago, either Drake or Billie or some really famous, like really famous musician um, posted a, like a story graphic or a um, like Instagram post. But it was like, Something about their upcoming release, I think, but it was written in this font that was like, like it wasn't readable. You, I couldn't even read what the font said. It was literally impossible. I had someone had in the comments like had to write out like this is what the poster says. Like when I saw it post mm. on Twitter, someone was like, I just deciphered it for y'all. It was also posted in um, like I think the background was like a kind of like neony blue and the type 
was written in like kind of a neon orange or mm. so like not a lot of contrast exactly so it was hard mm. it was hard to read period the font and the color made it really See, that was all like a deliberate choice yeah and why did they make that choice i have no clue because i saw it and i like i literally gave up trying to read it after like two or three words in and That's so interesting I don't remember what it says, even though I put the work in. It it was like yeah. that was. I think that's like when you take it yeah, a step too far. Saying. Yeah, it's like because you went to the other extreme. Mm-hmm. And you know that like one yeah. reaction pic people use that's like, "Man, I'm sorry that happened to you," or "Congratulations," but I ain't reading all that. Yeah, it's it's like literally yeah. that meme. <laughs> Dang. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of reminded me of that. Though. Just makes me like, what was that person's purpose? I don't know. For confusing you so much. I wish I could. I'll have to go on Twitter and like send it to you, and maybe we can put it on the Insta or something. But it was, it was definitely meant to be artistic for sure. Interesting. <laughs> and I was the dumb viewer that they could not trust to understand yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, bless that like one person commenting that was like, this is what it actually is supposed no, to say. No, literally. And how did they decipher that? They uh, took the screenshot of the image and then they marked up over it and they took a readable color. They took red mm. and they in a big, like it must have been the highlighter tool on markup oh, on yeah. apple photos yeah. i think and it was very big and it was very readable interesting and they just wrote over the words what it said hmm. eh, little little food for thought yeah just lots of interesting things for yeah. everyone to ponder on right now it's really just like how the brain interprets what it sees on the page and our connections yeah. to fonts and readability so true which no one like i never would have thought of that about that before this segment i don't like yeah how I retain it I never thought about that either and honestly when I pulled up that article that's not where I thought that article was going so like I was just overall like oh this is interesting what do you think it was gonna say well okay so I was looking at a different article talking about how like fonts affect us Mm -hmm. and then I saw this one I was like oh it's just about how fonts are affecting us but then (laughs) it was like know how it's like affecting your brain like yeah. science almost like scientifically mm-hmm. i felt it like was this scientific. was a little sciencey it, well, it is <laughs> it was a sciencey. study but everything's yeah. so intertwined in this world no literally <laughs> well this is a good place for a little psa break but first we will be listening to lovers rock by tv girl all right all right all right i hope y'all enjoyed that song i know lauren and i did and now to reinstate one of our favorite yes, traditions. Literally. Okay. Last last school year we ended off I think almost all of our podcasts mm-hmm. with a game. Maybe not all of them, but we haven't been doing that this semester, but we're starting off strong today Ooh, with a game. A fun game. So I've made it pretty challenging for the week. <laughs> <laughs> so there's this game only has two questions. So the first one is to put these graphic design movements in chronological order. And I'm going to read them out to you in, like, the random order that I have them for Lee. So we have Bauhaus, Pop, Futurism, Dada, Constructivism, Art Nouveau, Art Deco, Justil? I don't know if that's how you say it. And Postmodern Design. Mm. Okay. So we're just going to just <laughs> give her a little space. Maybe she'll, like, talk out loud doing, during her thought process. Well, my thought process right now is that the art history class I took last semester talked about the majority of these, and I still think I'm going to mess it up. 
Um, it's hard. <laughs> I think uh, number one has to be constructivism. I'm going one for constructivism. Okay. Two. N- ooh, 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 ooh. Okay, wait. No, no, changing it. <laughs> okay. Okay, I was going to say constructivism is not first. One. Art Nouveau. Yes. Art Nouveau. Yeah, yeah. Should I be telling you them like as we go? No, don't tell me as okay. we go. But I, I do know. I'm glad I started with, yeah. <laughs> with the right one. Um. Okay. So from Art Nouveau, I'm gonna go to Bauhaus. Uh, Bauhaus to Art Deco. I might have switched those. It might be Art Deco and then Bauhaus. Um, or neither. I could just be wrong. Um. <laughs> I don't know what distill dis- is, so I'm just gonna I'm just not gonna put that because I really really don't know what that is. Um, sorry, I would have told you that I didn't see it earlier. But four four is gonna be futurism, and then I think five. Oh wait, no no no. Four is constructivism, and then five futurism six. Dada, seven, postmodern design, eight, pop. So I'll read those off again. I said Art Nouveau, Bauhaus, to Art Deco, to Constructivism, to Futurism, to Dada, to postmodern design, to pop. Those are my final answers. Okay. Okay. I hate to tell you that you got only one of those correct. Were they at least like no? Oh, oh, no. <laughs> oh god! They weren't even arranged close to each other. Like okay, so Art Deco does come right after Bauhaus. Okay, and Pop is supposed to come before Postmodern Design. So you had those okay. similar. So I had the like, right idea. Let me read you the like actual chronological order. So it's Art Nouveau, mm-hmm. Futurism. Oh, interesting. Dada. Oh gosh. Constructivism. <laughs> oh gosh. Distill, distill, or whatever. However you say that, I feel so bad. I don't know how to say that. <laughs> I don't and know what then that is. Bauhaus. Oh, bruh. <laughs> and then Art Deco, pop, postmodern design. Oh, oh god. Oh. Okay, but I, <sighs> I honestly, I feel like you can maybe kill this, like. The next question, which is put the art movement. Okay, yeah. Chronological. Because I think this is easier than the, like, the graphic design history. Like, we just haven't heard that as much as we've heard the art history once, I feel like. Yeah. So maybe I've broken it up between before 1900s and after because there's just so many. Mm -hmm. So maybe you can start with the before. We have ancient art, romanticism, neoclassism, realist, renaissance, rococo, and baroque. All right, number one's H and R. Yes, both show. Period. And then Renaissance, and then I'm going Romanticism to Neoclassicism to Rococo to Baroque. Rococo. <laughs> <laughs> um, from Baroque to realism. So I said ancient art, 
Renaissance, Romanticism, Neoclassicism, Baroque, or Rococo, Baroque, Realism. Okay, you, you kind of did the same thing. Like, you grouped them together, mm. but this one's closer. So, okay. it's Ancient Art, Renaissance. Yay! Baroque, Rococo, Neoclassicism, Romanticism, Realism. So, you got, re- you got three of them correct in That's the correct place. And then the other two, you, like, paired them together. The reason I'm doing that is because I... Which they do kind of overlap, like I said. I remember how we jumped from one thing to another. Like, mm-hmm. it makes sense to me, but I I guess, like, when you put them all, the puzzle pieces together, I just couldn't get it. No, it's hard. Ah, okay, I'm glad I did better, though. Okay, now for the last section, you're going to kill it. This is mm-hmm. after 1900s. We have Expressionism, Cubism, Art Nouveau, Pop Art, Impressionism, Post-Impressionism, Surrealism, and Contemporary Art. Okay. Um... <laughs> Art Nouveau's number one from and then I don't feel good about the mm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel good about this one uh ex- expressionism number three I'm going to impressionism to post impressionism to surrealism, to mm, to cubism, that that's not right. But from cubism, I'm gonna go pop art to contemporary art. Did I do better? You did a lot. This is like Thank almost God. exact. Okay, let's so, go. <laughs> okay, so it is Art Nouveau, but then it should be Art Nouveau, Impressionism, Post Impressionism, mm. then Expressionism. Okay, okay. Then cubism, surrealism pop art and contemporary once again with the grouping Uh, yeah again you have them in like which again maybe i feel like these can overlap too Mm -hmm. so you did great (laughs) i I tried to stump you and i feel like i kind of stumped you but you kind of got it so we both won the game it really is it's (laughs) like the thing is like impressionism i know impressionism is like monet because he was making the impression it's hard to think about like what, what came before? Years. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. It's like I know how that jump happened, but I don't know exactly the order yeah. in what that happened. Um, okay, well, that first one, the graphic design movement was just embarrassing. It was, it was a little rough. It was graphic designers, but but I'm glad that after 1900 was a little more. I think I would do. I think I did better than the average person did. Oh, for sure. Sh- <laughs> the average person would be like, "What is broke? <laughs> what is neoclassicism?" I mean, good points. What are those things? Yeah, no, literally. Uh, that's a fun game. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna come up with a fun game yeah, for you next okay, week. Okay, sounds good. Sounds good. I might I, do a writing one. Oh, oh, oh! <laughs> I also thought about like if I got a bunch of like famous works of art and then tried to like told you to put them in order for me. <laughs> oh. If you could do that. Oh. But then May- I came up with this question instead. Yeah. But I think if I saw. I think if I physically saw the pictures of stuff, then I could arrange yeah, it in order. I feel that. Because it's, like, you can so easy see. to see. Yeah. yeah. Well, this was a fun episode. This was a fun podcast episode. It's a happy type high day episode. So One, day One day late. One day late. Thank you to everyone for tuning in to Saturation Italicized. We will be back next week, same time, same day. And there's only one thing left to say. War damn eagle. <laughs> 
Thank you for listening. This was Saturation Italicized with your hosts, Lauren and Lee. Tune in next week at 9 p.m. on Tuesdays for more art and design discussion. And follow our Instagram at saturation.italicized. War Eagle.